Hello everyone and welcome to the latest and greatest episode of the Lobot Podcast. I'm Tyler. I'm Josh. And it has been another week. That's what I'm here for. We are back at the Bachelor Pad. We are back at the Trap House. We are back at the... Crack Den. Crack Den. Hit me with it. Hey, bit man. I've been busy. I've been working. Busy. I've been. I've actually had a very busy week this yeah. week. Not just with work. I've had like. I've been socializing. You've been socializing, which, which is, is a bit rarer for you. Yeah, usually I'm not a fan of it. You're a bit of I've, a cocoon boy, a bit of a homebug. Yeah, yeah, but uh, I'm forcing myself to do. It. I've already got plans next weekend as well. It's just like oh, the pod's cancelled apparently because Josh is going out next week. No, <laughs> no, I make time for it every time, it. and it sucks because. Everyone else is free Saturdays. Yeah. Friday night, usually they're busy. Sunday, they're busy. Yeah. Saturday's the only day they're free. I'm like, I can't. I got, I can't. Plans. I got plans with my boy. It's the pot. I can't. I can't do it. So We'll lose our sponsors. Yeah, no, can't lose our sponsors. <laughs> sponsor us, please. <laughs> we will sell out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, in hand to God, I'll sell out. I'll sell out, man. So, yeah, you're a busy boy. You're making... You've got to make time. Because, you know, we lose our sponsors. Yeah, no, absolutely. What have you been doing? What have you been uh, doing? Not much. <clears throat> Just getting, like, my barbershop room ready. Oh, Trying shit, yeah. like, a vinyl flooring or a lino to go over the carpet. So that's for where the spare bedroom was, yeah, right? Yeah, turning the spare bed into, like, a little barbershop thing. Shit. Trying to I'm find, sorry. like, a lino or a vinyl flooring and a good barber chair. Yep. Um, <clears throat> I find, like, a lot of these secondhand ones, but they're like, oh, yeah, it's ripped up and the, the hydraulics don't work. And the, the like the pedal was missing. It's like, well, and is, they charge 200 for that. Like, no. Is that a barber chair at that point? That's just right. garbage. So at this point, I'm just going to have to use a, um, a stool for now. Yep. Because, you know, I need to start, but whatever. Um, but yeah, there's been a lot of basketball this whole week. And Bruh. you messaged me saying how excited and happy you are. So many times. Back on. So many times. Um, I'm very excited. I've watched a couple. I've watched highlights here and there. haven't. I haven't found time to watch full games. I did watch one full game, which was Rockets Lakers, which I want to get into in a little bit. Um, but what games have you been watching? I've watched not a majority, I'd maybe say half the games that have happened since uh, last week's pod and this week's pod. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we just were watching. We watched the last uh, quarter of what was it, Jazz and Spurs. Spurs, and we watched a little bit of Toronto Celtics. Yeah, that's still going currently. Yeah, that so. might still be going when we're finished here. So yeah, so we'll probably time. finish watching that after this. Yeah, but no, I've I've watched a, a lot of it. I've got a lot to talk about because it's been a crazy, crazy week, Good. especially for the lower half of the Western Conference. You gave me a brief. You showed me from distance your notes, and you had to scroll. Yeah, I had to scroll. I have five brief. Bro, it feels good, like having to scroll through my notes. It's been a while since I've I've had notes yeah. this long, but I I want to start with an individual player, if I may. Are you going to blue balls me? Are you going to cock no, block me? No, gonna... I'm not going to blue balls you. You can talk about your favorite player in the world. No, he's not my favorite player in the world. He's absolutely a favorite player in the world. T.J. Warren. T.J. No. Warren. No, he plays for the uh, the Indiana T.J.s because they have three T.J.s. They yeah. have all the TJs the in the TJ league, league, actually. TJ McConnell and TJ Warren, right? Yep, that's I don't it. I know that off by heart. Also, I'm really annoyed. <laughs> Just before, when we were watching the um, uh, Pelicans Wizards were playing, flicked over, and there was an ad break, and it was a Pelicans home game that had a little infographic, and it showed a picture of JJ Redick and some other player, and I instantly, instantly knew who it was. Each one more. Each one more. If anyone out there knows what Etwan Moore looks like, <laughs> you shouldn't because it's Etwan fucking Moore. He's good. But I know. Look, look, he's fine. He's a good, he's a fine player. But why is his face taking up a spot in my brain where I could have more useful information? He's probably knocked down if, some clutch shots over history on Denver and no, you just don't know no. it. If, but if I don't know it, why do I know his face? I don't, I don't know, man. Right? Like if my brain has like a gig of space, right? Obviously it has like... Hundreds of petabytes worth of space. But if my brain has a giga space, why is each one Moore's face taking up valuable space? Bro, I don't know. That's weird. You know what I mean? That's real weird. I hate I don't it. Get that. I have nothing against each one more, but why can I recognize his face instantly? <laughs> back to my point back with to your TJ, point about Warren. TJ Warren. He went off. So shortly after last week's pod, Philly were playing Indiana. Mm-hmm. Paces won. And that is due to TJ Warren's phenomenal and historic game for the Indiana franchise. I'll go through his stats. He ended with 53 points, 19 points in the first quarter, which was ridiculous. Was it not 56? No, I think it was 53. Oh, I thought it was 56. 53. 53. That's what I had okay. when, when the game was. Maybe they've, they re- revised it afterwards. No, and no, 56. You're probably right. Um, 19 points in the first quarter, which is ridiculous. That's mm-hmm. some play level shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20 from 29 from the field. 
which is absurd efficiency. Nine from 12 from three, which is even crazier. Crazy. Two yeah. blocks as well, which no one's talking about. That's really good defensive effort. Yeah. And they paces one 127 to 121. So phenomenal and historic game from TJ Warren on, on behalf of the Indiana Pacers, especially with Depot's not really playing. Sabonis is out. A crazy burst. Crazy burst. And for mm. the, the last week's period of the bubble, he was the leading scorer out of the entire league. He's been playing very, very well and very, very efficient. In, he's uh, looking like a bubble god over the past like three games. He's yeah. averaging like 33 points or something. Yeah, really, really high. He's not the leading scorer anymore because Harden no. had a little outburst. Yep. Um, but like he, he's like he's matched KD's like game high. Yeah, no, it's it's higher than KD's was fifty two, wasn't it? I thought I thought TJ Warren's was fifty six and KD's was fifty two. Okay, but maybe like, maybe that. You know what I mean? Okay, like, it's yeah. the same thing. Yep, it's nuts that TJ Warren's on that, and he got traded for like cash considerations. Cash considerations, or and I think Suns had to give away a second round pick as well. Yeah, like that's that's crazy value, crazy value for the trio Even of if TJ's. It for one. Fucking game. Worth it. That's worth it. That's worth cash considerations. Yes, 100%. That's nuts. Uh, And the crazy thing is, so this was going against Philly, which are a very good team. The team played very, very well, which is the surprising thing. If TJ Warren or someone like that is going on for 53, 56 points... Expected to be against Washington or... Or if they're going against Philly or a great team like Clippers or or, or the Lakers, you expect (laughs) the opposing team to have a bad game. Have a bad game. I'll go through the stats for, for the opposing team. For Philly. Mm. So Tobias Harris, 30 points, eight rebounds. Yep. That's a Tobias that's a great, game that you need great for Tobias that money. Ben Simmons, 19 points, 13 rebounds. Solid mm. all-round game from Ben Simmons. Uh, Al Horford, 10 points, six rebounds, one steal, two blocks. That's a that's, good that's Al, Horford game. Al Horford game. Joel Embiid had one of the best career games he's ever had. 41 points, 21 rebounds, three blocks. Yeah. That's as good as a game that Joel Embiid's going to get. And they still lost they still to still TJ lost Warren. Because TJ Warren had an outburst. Yeah. That's the craziest thing out of all this is, and, and concerning, is that Philly lost to Indiana, who they're right there I, in seeding. I wouldn't say it's concerning. I, everything I've seen so far with Philly in the bubble, Philly are not looking good. They, they aren't, but I don't think TJ Warren can keep this up. No, no, it's, it's mm. not. I'm you're, not. You're more concerned about Philly as a whole? As a whole. This was, to me, it doesn't show how great TJ Warren is. TJ Warren's a great player. But this doesn't shine a light as to, oh, everyone should be looking at TJ Warren. It, it, to me, it's shining a light on the flaws with, with uh, Philly okay. and how easily they can be beaten by one outburst. Because TJ Warren's not going to be the only mm. player scoring 50 no. points in the playoffs. No. We've seen what Houston have done recently. We've seen what other teams... Anthony Davis has been on, on a tear sure, recently. Like 43 points the other day. Yeah. Like, teams are going to do this to, to every other team. And Philly, despite having one of the best games as a whole were able to, to lose by six points to to Indiana, who are not at their strongest, by no. far not at their strongest. It's weird. Indiana, they lose Sabonis. They lose Oladipo. They lose Bogdanovich. Okay, TJ Warren steps up. Yeah. What the fuck? Like, out of nowhere, man. <clears throat> and it's just really, really exciting that I've seen that. So, shout out to Indiana. They deserve a great player like that and a great a great game like Good that. Look at Nate McMillan. He's making it work despite yeah. constantly... Having players out. He doesn't or get a lot of... players or changes. He doesn't get a lot of recognition. No, because he hasn't had great success, but now it's starting to look like that whatever he's doing is now working. Like he's yep. getting into a flow of like, I can maximize the guys I have. Yep. And his roster over, even just since last off season, has changed dramatically. Yep. Um, it kind of feels like the Brett Brown situation where every year is slightly different. Slightly different. Especially like the talent, because they've had Sabonis for a while, but Sabonis wasn't... Like this previously, yeah. he's and gotten Miles better Turner every year. Stepped up, but now he's taken a backseat because Sabonis has stepped up. And you got to adjust to that. Not yeah. easy. So no. shout out to Nate McMillan. He's doing Absolutely. very, very he's well. Really, really good. Brett Brown needs to figure out what the hell he's doing with this team because this team, as great as they are individually, because those numbers are winning numbers. Those numbers those exactly. guys put up are like okay. You if Joel gets forty and twenty, if t- if Tobias Harris gets thirty points, Ben Simmons almost twenty points, Al Horford gets a solid all round game. You should be winning games. Yeah. Especially against Philly. Uh, not Philly, uh, Indiana. Indiana Maybe are a good team. Maybe this is just but... that one game that just didn't work. Maybe, but it's just concerning because Philly have not played well so no, far. And the playoffs are right around the corner. There's yeah. not a lot of seeding games left, so yeah. I don't know, man. I don't know. Did you want to touch on anything with Philly or Indiana? Not really. I, I have some, some talking points for other teams, but no, yep. none of those. I just wanted... I had to mention TJ Warren. I wanted to open with that. That's yeah. prob- That was the, the first thing that happened when we ended the pod last week, and I wanted to open with that. Did you want to talk about the team TJ Warren used to play for? Why? The Phoenix Suns. We can touch on them now. 
Yes, they're a big talking why, point right now. I talk about them. I was going to end on them because they were a great night. No, no, no. I've got, I've got a little, little, little thing to end on. All right. But Phoenix fucking Suns are proving us wrong. We said, oh, we don't see them doing too much without Kelly Oubre. You know, Phoenix. Honestly, Phoenix with Aaron fans Baines not there too much, but like, yeah, not like a fucking Phoenix out the fucking egg, rebirth from the flames. <laughs> out the egg. Out the, it's from the ashes. From the ashes. <laughs> from the egg. Freaking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> But like, holy shit! They're like they really three and really good. maybe four and zero by the time this comes out. Uh, they're four and zero. Fuck. Four and zero. Devin Booker's game winner in a tough shot. Yeah, went to pull up, had to turn around, and got the weird off-centered shot, and Over somehow Kawhi. went in. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, that so was a Kobe shot. Yeah, that that was a Kobe shot, and then afterwards, Booker was like, "Kobe's always with me," and like, "Be legendary thing." I'm all yeah. about that. I'm a big fan of Booker, but the. The weird thing about that possession, well, that whole last quarter, Clippers could not have played better defense. Yeah. Paul George no. and Kawhi Leonard were top-tier defense on Book. Book just played better offense. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about it. And that's no uh, no bad talk or smack talk towards Clippers and their defense. Yeah. It's just better offense beats better defense all yeah, the time. absolutely. And that was just phenomenal. And so they're 4-0 right now. They are one game behind the eighth seed. Mm-hmm. So they are poised to be in the playing game. Everyone counted them out. And Everyone. now they're they're right up there. Because they're so far behind. Yeah, because we'll talk about the we'll talk about right now the run for the eight seed. It was it's Memphis, Pelicans, Suns, Portland, Portland. One more? Or was that it? You said Spurs. Spurs, Spurs. Yep. So Memphis have struggled. They're a younger team where every game counts. They've started to struggle. I believe they're tied with Portland for the eight seed right now. Right, and Portland who were in a bad spot prior, have come the fuck back. Because yep. they got their Bosnian beast back. They got everyone's playing well. They were my pick for the eighth, and they're looking like it. Yep. Spurs are now winning games again with DeRozan playing his fucking heart out. They just beat the Jazz. Yep. Huge win. They're Pelicans right back are in playing it. horribly, so they're, they're pretty much done. Yeah, so... They beat Washington here, but... They did beat Washington here, but they also sat out Zion Williamson, which yeah. is a sign that they're just checking out. Yeah. Which is concerning because you don't do that with rookies, especially no. with the previous game you played 25 minutes and no more minutes restrictions. Yeah. So it seems to be on paper that New Orleans have checked out, but they, after yeah. the win with Washington, who knows? Maybe who knows? they'll get back into it, but Memphis did just get a win today, so maybe they're one up on Portland. I can't quite remember mm-hmm. because before the win today, they were tied with Portland for the eighth seed, so maybe that kind of cancels out the motivation for New Orleans, but that shit is so closed it's in so right closed. now. And the schedule that comes up is so important. Yes. I think Memphis have the hardest schedule. Memphis have, in my opinion, the hardest, yeah. Right, they're versing like the top is the top tier and I think there's one team that has an easier run. I think it was Pelicans. Yeah, I think it was Pelicans had an easy run. I think Phoenix did have a better run. I know Portland did not have an easy run. Yeah. They're, they're the second hardest, in my opinion. But I, I trust in, a, in, in tight games where it means everything, Portland are showing they're the fucking team to beat. Yeah, so I had notes for the Denver versus Portland game. Because that was nuts. Did that you was, watch it? Yeah, I watched that. I made so, sure to watch that. Yeah. Because I had flashbacks from our fucking series last year. Yeah. Because that game was real good. Yeah, you guys went to seven games. Yeah. That was nuts. And Rodney Hood came in and that was the Can deciding we factor. Talk about Rodney Hood. <laughs> we don't have to. I want to talk about Dame. Now, a few weeks ago when we were talking about the uh, eight seed mm-hmm. in the Western Conference and the race was much like it is now, uh, just a little more spread out, and you took Portland to be the one that takes the eight seed. Yeah. And rightfully so. They're, they're a very, very good team, especially when they're, all the guys are back and they're very, very healthy. And after seeing how Nurk plays... And Damian Lillard plays when everyone's healthy and everyone's clicking. I just, I can't count them out. Scary, out man. of everyone, in my opinion, out of all those teams that you just mentioned that are in the race, race for the eighth seed, they're the best team. They're the best team. And, and they're they, playing the best. And they should be. They made the Western Conference Finals last year. They could do it again this year. Yeah, absolutely. So within the first quarter, because Portland were down, mm-hmm. you were giving Portland a real rough time. We were. Early and then, on, we were, we were giving them the business. I was watching it live. In a, within a span of a minute, Dame hit like three threes. Yeah, I think he ended that game with like 11 made threes. Yeah, in the first quarter, it was five of four from three. And he was just bombing them from half court. Mm-hmm. He was so, was so confident. He just walk up calling a play and said, fuck this, yeah. I've got space and pulled up from the logo. And it's not a lot of teams have a guy like Dame where 
he can just flip the game instantly. Yep. Because CJ is a very good, consistent player. Nurkic is a very good, consistent player. They're very, very crucial to the team, but they don't flip games the way Dame does. Yeah. Once Dame turns when it Dame's on. When Dame's locked in, yeah. it's, it's Dame time. Like, it's his, it's his game to lose. Yeah, absolutely. We're all playing Dame's game at that time. Yeah. And from the first quarter, as soon as he took over, just hitting those threes, I could tell, like, this is just a team which is going to be a problem. They're going to get the eighth seed. I'm with you. They're yeah. going to get the eighth seed. I so good. They're starting five. We talked about it, I think, last week. They're starting five of Dame, CJ, Mello. Um, who is their four? I can't remember who their four is. Four and honest. then Nurkic. escaping me, yeah. Um, holy fuck. They're really good. You know good. what I mean? So watching that game as well, because for whatever reason, because I've watched a bit of Portland since Nurk has been back and Zach Collins has been back, but this game against Denver, because Denver are a very good, very good team. Mm-hmm. And this really highlighted how great of a defensive anchor Nurkic is. Because trying to watch... The paint was different when he... Yeah. Trying to watch any other big man that they've tried to slot in previously when Nurkic has been out has just not worked. It's looked all over the place. The defense is horrid. Now Nurkic is back. People know where to be. So in that game with Nurkic, I watched a lot of Nurkic on offense. And they would constantly... They would... Because we played a lot of bowl bowl in this game and a lot of MPJ. Whenever Nurkic had the ball on the post, if there was ever a mismatch, I wouldn't call it a mismatch. If it was Bol Bol was guarding him, he would just bully him. Yep. Bol Bol was nowhere near strong enough to handle Nurk in the post. The only time Nurk couldn't bully him when it was Jokic. Yep. Anyone else he could bully, right? Because yep. we run big guys, but we don't run seven foot monsters apart from Jokic. Yeah. And fucking Christ. It was either he's just bullying him, elbow pass, jump shot, he... It's, his presence is felt when he's on the floor and the time where he was injured, like you said, they were trying other stuff but it wasn't working. They were trying to fill the Nurkic void with Whiteside and it did not fucking work. Yeah. Whiteside played a little bit in this game but it was, it was handoffs, it was rim protection. The only thing he was ever meant to do. Yeah, absolutely. And something I wanted to touch on as well, because we were talking about Portland, no, not Portland, we were talking about Denver before the pod mm-hmm. and I did want to touch on them because yep. people... Specifically, Denver fans right now. You're not one of them. Mm-hmm. You're you're on the other corner. But people are praising MPJ a little bit too much, yeah. in my opinion. And the one thing I noticed this game because MPJ got a you know a bit of play, he can't back down anyone. He couldn't no. back down Dame. No, he had to pass it out. He's like KP, where he can't back anyone down. Mm. Um, well, no, KP's got a good post game. He just uh, against other bigs. He couldn't back down Marcus Smart. That was one. But Marcus Smart's the best defender in the I league. Know, I know. In my opinion. Like, MPJ, he, he got a lot of praise. Cause yeah, he's had a few good games. Like, he's 30 of really good efficiency. Yeah. But MPJ doesn't play good defense. He's a minus on the defensive end. Yeah. Um, and MPJ, his, all his points, most of his points, the reason he has amazing efficiency is he was around the rim. MPJ is a player uh, right now is what I would say he thrives in the chaos. So MPJ, yeah, he's a player that thrives in the chaos. Um, if there's, if there's a putback, if there's a tip in, um, if he can get off ball, if he can get out of people's line of sight, he's really good. Um, but people are talking about him as if he's the next fucking KD, as if he's the next fucking God scorer, right? He can hit a, he can hit a pull up three. He's a great at tip ins and he's great at cutting and he's great during the chaos of, oh, where'd he go? Okay. He scored, but he has not shown the ability to ISO with the best. Right. No, yeah. No. And his his size and his his skill set right now doesn't indicate to me that he ever will be a good ball handler. He's I'm he's an honest. all right ball handler. In college, he was fine. This is against elite level elite level defense. That position, I just don't see it. People are talking about him as if he's the next KD, but KD in his rookie season were isoing people. Yes. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm getting sick of is people just because they're big, big, lengthy, tall, skinny. They're the next KD. You're not the next KD. No. You're not. KD is a once in a, in a generational talent. Mm-hmm. Like it or not. There are lots of players which look like KD physically. Ingram. Ingram gets it a lot. Ingram's not going to be KD. He's not even close. It's a completely different skill Not set. even close. KD but, came in the league. He's the youngest scoring champ in history. Yeah. KD is different. I hate the comparison. I hate it. Um, but like the thing is like to be one of the best players in the world and to be a, one of the best wings in the world specifically because he's a wing. Right mm-hmm. to be one of the best wings in the league, you have to be able to ISO. Yes. Right. The league runs through wings. I've talked about this a bunch. Mm-hmm. Right. Typically, unless you're a once in a generational talent, the best teams have an amazing wing, yep. and the best wings have to be able to ISO to score a lot of the time, because you know, you can't cut forever. 
finals level defense will, will, will know it and shut that shit down. You have to be able to ISO. MPJ has ISO'd a couple times this season. Not enough. He, like, if he learns to ISO, I'll be so much more impressed. If he can ISO, yeah. break his man down, pull up just or drive. Like, just like Jason Tatum learned to do. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Jason Tatum has made a big step because he's now able to ISO yes. and score on his own and put the ball on the floor. Yeah, yeah. Ball Bowl can't do it. MPJ can't do it. I'm sick of hearing like they're this, oh, they'll be the next star. They'll be the next. No, they can't ISO. They can't go one on one and beat their man. Yeah. Until they can learn that, they're a, they're a piece to be slotted in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I I'm, agree with you 100%. People get too hyped up in the potential before they see any reason for that potential to exist. Absolutely. And you mentioned that, you know, he'll have to go up against really good defensive wings as well. Because yeah. that's where a lot of the good defenders are. Mm -hmm. And a team with two really, really good defenders is the Los Angeles Clippers. Yes. They played Dallas this week. They did. And that was a very, very good game. That was a good and game. And we mentioned this. This is going to be Luca's first playoff appearance. Yes. His second year in the league. It's going to be really, really fun to see. And he's going to be going, going up against these elite defenders. And that's what we got to saw today. This was, yes. seemed like a little bit of a preview mm -hmm. of what we could potentially see in the playoffs. And boy, I've got a lot to say. Go for I it. I have. Did you watch the game? I watched highlights. I didn't watch the full game. Okay. So the game was fun to watch. It was enjoyable. The Clippers were at their best, in my opinion. Their, their guys were defending... Like this is one of the best Clippers games we've seen this yeah, year. Yeah, this is, this is Clippers by the book. Like, they were locked very, very in. Good. It worked yeah. really well. And this was, for the most part, a Dallas Mavericks game as well. Mm -hmm. They played just like they did. But that's the issue I have with it right now. So, when we were talking about a few weeks ago how Luka will perform in the playoffs, I think we both thought it would be fine. His efficiency will go down, but that'll be about it, which mm -hmm. is true for the most part here. But I'm not 100% on the Luka train yet. Yeah. And I, I know I'm in the vast minority with that. Mm -hmm. I understand Luke is a great player, but every time I watch Dallas play, and I watch a fair bit because I'm a big fan of, of Chris Stapp's Porzingis and I like what Rick Carlisle runs. Really we love Dallas for different reasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, but we both love Dallas. Yeah. But Luca to me is unlike any team in, in the league right now. Not a lot of teams have... They're, they're not in a position where Luca is the reason you win games and the reason you lose games. Yeah. And I can't think of many other teams that run like... Even even the Bucks. Even old Rockets. Yeah, old Rockets is with, with Chris Paul. And Chris Paul and Harden. Yeah. If Harden didn't play well, they lost. Yeah. That's, that's Not as much now, but they feel like the there wasn't many. But I 100% agree with you by saying this, is if Dallas win or lose, it's because of one man. Luka Doncic. It's Luka. And I understand he wins games. He hits crazy shots, but those are such ill-advised shots. I was... So, Dallas were in a really tough position here. They they were winning for a portion of it, and then the Clippers just being the Clippers, the, the seasoned veterans they are, mm -hmm. so much playoff experience with Doc Rivers, they brought it back. Late game. Dallas have struggled very much throughout the year, and it was especially evident in this game. Trying to come behind late in, in the game... And Luca's running the ball, it's so fucking difficult. His shot selection is his biggest detriment. And it's early in the shot clock, which is my yeah. issue. I don't have a problem. I, I would still have a problem with it, but it would be better if he at least tried to utilize the clock. Mm -hmm. As soon as he has the ball, whether it's from an inbound or from an offensive rebound, if Luca's got it, he's jacking up a really ill-advised three. Yeah. And they just kept bricking. And it's happened time and time again. And I understand he's hit some crazy ones which go on his highlight reel, but that's what people watch. And a lot of the time, he can go on these runs where he'll just get hot and shoot yes. it, but it gets emphasized when it misses. It's the same way with James Harden yes. where he can go on these crazy runs, but when it doesn't work, that, that negative is emphasized so much. And I, I think your Houston example with uh, James Harden and Chris Paul was the best The 2018, example. roughly, yeah, Harden. because it yeah. really lived or died by Harden's performance. And the team right now, unfortunately, they have really good pieces. Mm -hmm. They have really good glue guys like Kleber and Powell. They have a really good piece in Chris Tapps-Porzingis. You don't need to have Luca jack up a very early shot clock three. It makes zero sense to me. But that wasn't the only issue mm -hmm. because I understand... And I, I'm, I'm being hard on Luca because his potential is through the roof. Yeah. He could be the best international player we ever see if he keeps this level he of He could up. be one of the best. He could be the best. Yeah, absolutely. His, yeah, his potential is the highest in the league. Yes. 
Now, another big issue I have is he doesn't do anything after passing out of a double team. He gets double team like crazy because he's he an does. elite scoring scoring guard. If you watch Luca games, and I, I beg you, if if you watch, yeah, he does. He doesn't move. He, he, he like he just stands it. still. He passes it, stands still, and maybe it comes back. Every other elite scoring guard or wing, you watch them when they pass out of a except double team, Harden. Harden has. Yeah, Harden is exhausted. But I think of Steph, where if he gets double teamed, he's passing and he's running. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of Harden's play style, but I'm not here to back Harden right now. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think of the two polar opposites. Harden, if he gets double teamed, pass out and stands there. Yeah. Where Steph, he gets double yes. teams, passes out and he's off again. And a lot of guys are like that. Yeah. Like Steph. No one runs as much as Steph. Yeah. But a lot of guys, if you watch them, they move. Yeah. They try and free up the space, try something different, get the rotations going a bit on the floor. Luca doesn't allow for that at all. There is minimal movement. And that's a really bad thing, especially mm. if your guys, you haven't let get in the flow of things already. Yeah. You're not allowing your other guys to create their space. Great. Their, their own momentum. It's really, really bad. Yeah. And whilst Luke is a great player, it's just, it's, it's just really, really bad. It's not helping his team when he's yeah. not, when he, he doesn't have the ball. Yes. There is another thing I want to touch on with Luca. Yeah. Because this to me, because, Clippers is where is it, that this team needs to be. With Luca taking early shots, is that a Dallas thing or is that a Luca thing? Well, that's what I wanted to know because Carlisle's a good coach. He's a good he coach, has and been. he doesn't let bad shit fly. So that's what I'm interested. Like, is is Luca just because he's this potentially a generational talent? Does you just gonna have to let this fly or whatnot? Because I don't see Mark Cuban and Rick Carlisle letting that fly. No, Mark Cuban doesn't give a fuck. He will yell at you. Yeah. So I, I don't know what's going on because it's, it's a very Luca shot. I yeah. can tell you that much. Even from when he first stepped in, these are the shots yeah. he was doing. But so, I, like, yeah, I don't know. It's hard without being a fly on the wall and seeing yeah. the thing of, is he being reprimanded? Is he being, is, are, are the staff telling him, you can't fucking do that? Or is it them enabling us? Like, yeah. we want you to be your best self. And yeah. If you're comfortable taking this, take the shot. Yeah. Because we're in the playoffs because of you. I don't know. Are they running, are Dallas just becoming Houston? It, 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 man, looking at that game, it was like, this just feels like Houston now that you mentioned. Yeah. It really just felt like Houston because they weren't utilizing the other players. Like, this year's Houston's different. Yeah, this year, yeah, as in like Houston, 2018 Houston. Because yeah. the more you say it, the more I think of that 2018 Houston. Yeah, absolutely. Where it's like Harden giving the ball and let him do what he wants. Do you want another fucking comparison? This is the last comparison okay, go got, for which it. he needs to work on. Go for it. Luke is 6'8". Very, very quick. Yes. Understands the offensive scheme very very well which means he should be a decent defender this he is, is the b- most, biggest detriment he is the most reactionary defender i've ever seen he doesn't anticipate anything that's the thing yeah he's six eight and he's fucking smart mm-hmm. but he does not play chris paul i know your schemes defense he's reactionary defense yeah and he doesn't have the quickest reactions like the, i wholeheartedly agree if you're oh. if you're a defender like chris paul uh marcus smart the best defenders in the league they anticipate. They know what to anticipate. They may not always get it, but most of the time they know where to Quite be. Quite as well. Yeah, yeah. Yes. They, they anticipate and they know. This boy just doesn't. doesn't. Yeah. He waits. I saw a play where they he didn't stay in front of his man. He was hoping that the help defender would come. The help defender did come, but then by the time that the offensive player had the ball, kicked it out to someone on the wing, Luca was in the middle of the fucking elbow because he didn't anticipate that the man that he's no longer on would have the other man open on the wing. So now they got an open three. Luca needs to really dial this in a bit. Yeah, he gets lost and, and plays reactionary defense. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that was, all of this came through because it's... You see it against those top tier teams. When yes. you go up against the best, your, your weaknesses show more. That happens in anything, in any sport, in any activity. If you go up against the best, you, your weakness, they'll take advantage of your weaknesses so much. And Clippers know that he's a reactionary defender and they'll take advantage of that. Yeah, Absolutely. 100% agree. And it, yeah, so I'm not comfortable putting Dallas and especially Luca in that he's a top tier player, but not he's not where the LeBrons are. He's no, just not. He's, he's not, not. He's not a Giannis. He's, he's not, not in S tier. He's not. He's, he's A tier. He's absolutely A tier. Absolutely, he's yeah, but he's not S tier. Because it, it, it's so visible when he's going up against those elite players and those elite teams. But there is only like five players in S tier. <laughs> yeah, in the league. Lot. But people are like, he's a top three player already. No. And I'm like, it's easy to say that if you're just watching regular if you watch his highlights and seeing his highlights, but you watch Dallas play and man, there's stuff they need to fix. I feel like as many highlights as there are on YouTube, there should be just as many low lights. There should be. There's, Ma- there's should a we start which a YouTube- does does low lights. Is there? <laughs> yeah, I that'd be good. So. And it's not to like make fun of the players; it's to understand them. Yeah, 
Because that's the lowlights are just as important as the highlights. Absolutely. Because if all you look at is someone's highlights, you think they're the best player in the world. Something, something which which bugged me. This is um. This will be the last thing I say about Luca. Mm-hmm. But we love the players generally, which are so dialed in and focused and do not want to fucking lose. Yeah. Like if they miss a shot in clutch time, they are angry. That's what Kobe would do. That's what Melo would do. They wanted these clutch moments and these clutch shots, and they would take responsibility if it misses. Luca, we know, hates losing. But it doesn't seem like he's as dialed in as he should be. I was there was a there was a close up. So all he was doing in that fourth quarter to try and bring it back was just jack threes, really ill advised early shot clock threes, and that's what this conversation started mm-hmm. from. Very bad. He got one. It was, had two lucky bounces and went in. It was it was another ill advised shot, but it went in, brought them a little bit closer, and then the camera panned to him, and he's just smiling to his teammate. You guys are down eight points. And yeah. There's like a minute left. You should not be smiling right now. That's another ill-advised shot. You got a lucky bounce. It was not a good looking shot. Yeah. And something like that, you don't see that from LeBron James. You don't see that from KD. You don't see that from these, these killers. Those killers. The court yeah. In clutch time. He should be so angry that that took two bounces and he missed the last three. He felt like he was more intense during his rookie year. Yeah. yeah I remember his I rookie year, he was ripping his jersey. He was fucking angry when he would miss shots or play badly. But this year, it seemed like he's mellowed out a bit. Yeah. And it's weird. I don't... I, it I should be backwards. To anyone. Exactly. I can't compare this to anyone because I haven't had a player like Luca before, which has come through. And then in their rookie season was a killer. In their second season, did improve, but for some reason lost that focus but then, and also failed to pick up on some of the necessities that you need offensively and defensively. It's weird. That's the best way I can put it. Like watching him was just weird. I didn't like it. Maybe this is it. Maybe this this postseason with a kick in the ass. Fingers crossed so. that makes him put his fucking head down and get better. I hope so. And we say this with love. Oh, absolutely. Like I said, yeah, yeah. His his potential is through the ceiling. Like I say, he, he could be one of the best international players to ever grace the court. Yeah, and that's it doesn't get higher than that with no. grace. The man has got a lot to work on. Yeah. But Absolutely. a team which has looked really fucking good, if you're going to let me speak about them, unless you wanted to touch on something else. Uh, not yet. But Houston, I, I watched that Houston game. Yes, the I wanted to talk about the Rockets. Can we? All right. So this is the Rockets-Lakers game? Yeah, we can talk about Rockets-Lakers. I don't want to talk about too much of the game. I didn't take much notes, but mm-hmm. I do want to talk about the game, and you watched a lot of that game, and you were very I excited did. to talk about the game. So this is a game where Russ didn't play. Yep. And my fucking God, Houston are good when Russ doesn't play. Okay. Okay. I disagree. You disagree? I disagree. They played well. No, they played well. But they, did you hear what you just said? They Houston, play well when Russ doesn't play. But they also play well when Russ plays. They play better when Russ plays. I don't... Uh, no, no. Oh, okay, I, okay. Yeah, no, okay. I, I'm not saying they play better when... They play way better when Russ plays. But okay. even without their star player, like yeah. one of their star players, they played really fucking well. Okay. The way you worded that was like a shot at heart, uh, a shot at Westbrook, and I was like... Oh, no, God, no, no. Absolutely okay. not. No, no, no. Like they played... Um, they played... They're... they're I th- they've been like the best team in the bubble, bubble when Russ plays. Russ didn't play. Guess what? They're still fucking really good. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. holy shit, those Rockets teams are good. And their defense. Did you see the stat that came out this morning? No. So as of right now, and they've locked it in because they can go the next four games, the remaining four games scoreless, and they would still hold this record. <gasps> yes, I as did today, see this. James Harden and Russell Westbrook are officially the highest combined scoring duo in NBA history after the merger. So that basically just says not including Wilt. Yep. Um, they together averaged 61.7 points, whereas Kobe and Shaq were the previous uh, owners of this record at 57.5. They could miss the next four games and still have that record. They would have 57.6, I believe. So Rockets typically score like 110 each night, and they're scoring 60 out of that. That means you only need 50 from the rest of your guys. Nuts. Fucking crazy. Freaking crazy. So that that was the first thing I wanted to mention because that was crazy. Congratulations to yeah. James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And I fucking love it because everyone was shitting on Westbrook. Yeah. Everyone hated OKC Westbrook. And he came here. It's like, how the hell is this going to work? We don't want we don't want Westbrook. And it's working perfectly. perfectly. We've always been Westbrook fans. Yes. We have loved Westbrook since fucking day one. Yep. And he, got, he, get, he gets a lot of shit for his inefficiencies. People focus on his, his negatives more than his positives a lot of the time, um, probably because he's a very polarizing person and player. Um, but uh, people are turning around and they're looking at the positives when now. When you put shooters around Westbrook, yeah. you watch out. Yeah, because he never had shooters. Never. Guess what? OKC, once, like, they just never got shooters. 
like hard and left, and they just got more athletic guys and good passers, but they never put shooters. Mm-hmm. Now it's Westbrook and shooters. It's Ooh, scary. Spacing. Scary. Spacing is the way of the league. <laughs> yeah. And fast break. Holy shit, because Houston already a fast break team. And now they got Russ on a fast break team. Yeah. Fuck yes. It's crazy. So you touch on the game with LA. I'm yeah. I want to touch on the OKC game with Houston. Cool. Um, so this was a game where LeBron didn't play. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say Lakers struggled. So Lakers have struggled in the bubble. Yeah. So can I touch on that just quickly? Yeah, yeah. Before we, I just want to preface it. So, and this goes along with the Bucks as well. The Bucks have lost like two or three in a row. Mm-hmm. The main guys aren't playing too much. Giannis yep. has played like one 30-minute game in the last three games. LeBron sat out this game. The seeding's locked. They're, they're fine. They've got the first seed. No one can Seeding doesn't matter though. No, that's what I mean. With these top tier teams, they don't, they're, they're now no, don't need to play their entire team. That's why a lot of these teams are starting to lose. It doesn't mean anything. But I don't feel like... Well, the one thing that is glaring is that when LeBron's off the court, LA fucking suck. LA suck. We suck ass. Yeah. So that is definitely glaring, but I... I do. It's basically like a summer league game at this point. It doesn't matter. All preseason. I feel like it means more than a summer league game. I do, it doesn't because the, the team's not playing. The team's literally not playing. I feel like it, it's like I know what you mean. It technically doesn't mean anything for the standings, but I feel like it's a it, mental thing. It means something for Houston and whatnot, the teams that are facing them. But for the team, like, because they two days ago they locked the first seed, they could lose the rest of the the seeding games and they'd still be the first seed. Doesn't matter. Same with the Bucks. I just, matter. I just feel like it's a mental thing, and you mentally we have a like rocket to have a one up on Lakers. Like you say, oh, we didn't, you know, they didn't play all their guys. Doesn't matter. I disagree. They rocket to have that confidence going in. Oh, they, they, they won. There's no, no dissing that win. I just don't think this means anything for LA. It's just like we didn't have LeBron. We got the first. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Like these games, especially in the bubble, players are still like it's still just the bubble. They're not looking at it as like okay. actual regular season games. They're looking at it quite differently. Okay. So if you've got the first seed and you're looking at it as a different kind of ball game, they're not going to play everyone. Okay. It's fine. The team is struggling though, but Houston looked fucking great. Even when LeBron plays, he hasn't been... He's only averaging like 18 points. It's not amazing. So it's not it's LeBron not, numbers. It's not LeBron numbers. Maybe maybe he doesn't care. And maybe it's He probably should are... get these reps in though, considering they, they went so long without playing. I agree. This is a, another reason. Like Teams should be really playing but, because you need these reps. I... I'm not defending LA and the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. You're playing devil's this. advocate a little bit. I would love everyone just ball the fuck out because you need these reps. I yeah. agree with you 100%. There's been a big break. But it is just what it is. These top tier teams that have locked seating, they're not going to play everyone now. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It's these bottom tiers we're seeing everyone put. Well, not in Houston, not saying they're bottom tier, but they, they can use everything they've got, especially yeah. the reps. I, I love seeing these teams just put in reps. With the playoffs, especially the if you've got off pieces this season, it's only one season of work together. Yeah, like some players need two seasons Lake, to jail. Lake, some coaches need to a whole season just to work everything out. The Lakers just got two big acquisitions, and we lost our biggest guard. Like, exactly, get these reps in. I don't yeah. understand why we're sitting out. Exactly, um, but yeah, so Lakers were awful, horrible without LeBron. Um, Rockets still played amazingly without Westbrook. I, in my opinion. And I think this is the general consensus. Rockets have been the most entertaining team so far on the bubble. Besides TJ Warren. They've turned it the fuck on. Yeah, that's out of nowhere. But Rockets, they're just like kings of the bubble right now. They look scary. This is what Houston basketball is. Yeah. And I I love it. I can get behind this. When when Harden isn't being a dickhead. Converted. And Westbrook's allowed to be with Westbrook. And the team is just all on point. Everyone's seeing what I've seen all season. They haven't played like this all season. I don't think it so. Will, like, this is what I, I think, saw. This, this is what I envisioned. Okay, yeah. I think the second half of the season... Have, they Houston clicked together. They clicked. Yeah, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. I can get behind this. I just... I was never a fan of that James Harden's Rockets. Yeah. I guess is the way I can put it. Now it's a That duo. 2018 Rockets? Yeah. Now it's a legitimate duo of a scary, scary backcourt. Scariest duo in the league. I, I agree. 100%. I said at the start of the season, like, we when the season started, like, at the end of last season, we made picks of, like... What team do we think could take it here? I said the Rockets. Adam said the Rockets. And you said... I said Lakers. You said Lakers. Yeah. And people very early on discounted the Rockets. Yeah, I think, and I, I think that's just due to their troubles. Early on clicking. But well, this is the team... Throughout the last few years, they just can't get over the hump. Yeah, but this is, this is a completely different team now. Completely yeah, different. This is the team that I saw 
the the start of the season. Yep. This is what I envisioned. This yep. is the what happened in my brain. And if they win the chip, you talk that shit. Absolutely. That was, that was the team you pick. You talk that shit. You didn't um, pick your own team, Denver. No, I didn't. <laughs> so, like, uh, sorry, Denver. You're not it right now. <laughs> Especially got MPJ and Bobo. <laughs> We're current. We need these reps in, and we we don't have Jamal Murray. We don't have Gary Harris. We don't have Will Barton. Paul Millsap just went out. We need yeah. these reps. If if we have a, ch- we're a wild card, so we need our best players bang our best, and we don't have the reps on our starters. Yeah, you just don't. Something else I wanted to touch on with Houston was the OKC game. Go for now, it. Now, a big reason why we we both shared it. Me, me more so was a bit concerned about Houston's small ball going up against these big boy teams. Mm-hmm. Like, both the LA teams, like Utah, the ones that run legitimate big boys, which are legitimately really, really good. So OKC have one rebounder. That's Steven Adams. Mm-hmm. He's not a great player, but he's a great, great rebounder. Great rebounder. OKC out-rebounded OKC by 29. They re- out-rebounded Houston. Uh, sorry, yeah. Out-rebounded Houston by 29, mm-hmm. which is a huge, huge number. Huge. Now... Houston still won. Yep. And the issue, which which that may be, I was looking into, and I want to play a little bit of devil's advocate. Two sides to the coin here. So at being out rebounded by twenty nine, usually you would assume you're not even close to winning this game if you're yeah. being out rebounded out rebounded by twenty nine times. The issue with that is, while Stephen Adams is a great offensive rebounder, he's not a great putback player. It'll be slightly different if it goes goes against like Portland with Nurk and, and Zach mm-hmm. Collins, who are a bit better. Uh, with putback, same with um, Dwight Howard and Anthony Davis. Oh, yeah, if AD so it'll be, gets it'll it, it's be different. different. Yeah, but that's still a glaring thing that we're seeing. Is already teams are starting to out rebound Houston like crazy. Yeah, it's like you can out rebound, but what are you going to do with that? But I have discovered a one big, big positive with going small ball. What's that? And I've never noticed it before What's until that? watching them go against these bigs, specifically like Utah. So being small ball. If I'm running a big team, you're running small ball. What's the one thing do you think I'm going to do to abuse small ball? Go in the paint. Guess what every team is doing right now? Go in the paint. Going in the paint. And Houston are a statistics team. Yeah, they are. They shoot threes over twos. They don't like shooting twos. They shoot threes. Yeah. 57% of the shots. They're in and out. They're in, they're in or out. So now you're forcing teams. To stretch. No, no, no. You're f- the opposition is being forced and begged to abuse them in the post. For ill-advised, slow, time-consuming shots with bigs that aren't the most efficient, mm-hmm. while you're shooting really high, high amounts of threes. Yeah, that's where this is different, and I haven't noticed that before until I saw them go against these bigs. OKC may have got twenty-eight more rebounds. Houston probably shot twenty-eight more shots. Yes, they are shooting so many fucking shots. That game with LA and Houston, uh, LA shot nineteen threes. Mm-hmm. Houston shot fifty-nine. Very, very different. And it's because I guarantee you, you go back and watch it, Anthony Davis is trying to abuse them in the post. Yeah. And Houston are begging everyone to do that because now they get more time to just jack up threes. And Houston are also good defenders. Yes. Phenomenal defenders. Do you know what's really underrated? James Harden's post-up defense. Yeah. He's, you can't, he's hard to back down. <laughs> he's really good he's post-up strong. defender. Right? He's really <laughs> strong. And so is Westbrook. Yeah. So is Jeff Green. Yep. So is PJ Tucker. The team, this is... As good as Houston's going to get. It, yeah. I'm just going to say it. This is a really like, well-built team. Yeah. Houston team. Everyone Everyone's else is seeing it. Yep. And I, I love it. And just that moment when I realized, wow, they're really begging people just to post them in because they can abuse that themselves. Yep. I'm like, okay, small might be able to work. It really might be able to if every team isn't on board with you, it. They can, re- they can out-rebound you if you just get up double the shots they do. It doesn't yeah. matter because you're just shooting more than yeah. them. And, like, the only saving grace I can see is if, say, if they go against, like, the Lakers and Anthony Davis does just abuse them in the post. That'll be different. Or that's Embiid. That's they've got to make an adjustment. Or Embiid. If they Embiid the is the finals. best, like, the best actual post scorer in the league. Yeah. So, they're not... Houston aren't invincible, but, man, if you're begging Rudy Gobert or, or Dwight yeah. Howard or anyone to uh, just go in the post, yeah. it's going to be a low efficiency, slow shot, and then Houston's just going to get it back and shoot if, it through. If your big man isn't uber dominant in the post, and not many are in this league... Not anymore. ...then you can't post them up because they're baiting you. Yep. They are. They're baiting you. Yeah. No, that, that's exactly what this is. They're baiting you for the, for the post up. Just yeah. do it. I'm begging you because yeah. I'm just going to shoot a three. Yeah. And that's just... And be, it's oh, such a glaring so thing good. of like, we have such an advantage in there. We should do it. Yeah. 
Because I think guess what? That's what they that's want. That's just the one thing I haven't seen people discuss at all is the willingness to actually let themselves be posted up. Yeah. And that's that's changed the game for me, in my opinion. As long as you're like this team is the only team which is fully on board with one thing, and that is just small ball. And they're doing it right. They're doing it perfectly. And I'm just I'm I don't hate on any team. I, I have disliked Houston before, but man, I'm on board with whatever this is. Good, I'm glad. I think it's get, like while Westbrook is there, he's gonna be there for a while. I, I think he's really just fixed everything that team needs. It's yeah. I think your mindset has changed and you're seeing what what you envisioned? Yeah. Yep. It's like, Absolutely. they're not playing conventional basketball. If you go about them in a conventional basketball way, they're going to win. Yep. They're not playing essentially the meta. They're playing their own game. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's like, I'm shooting threes, I have no bigs, and I'm begging you to post me up. Yeah. What other team does that? So you can either play them traditional basketball, and that place, they're going to outpace you, they're going to outshoot you, and you're going to lose. You can either run with them, guess what? They're going to outshoot you, and you're going to lose. You have to create your own way and force them to play your game. Because if you play their game or if you play basketball, you lose. This is why I loved last year's Utah series against them because, uh, what's his name? Joe Ingles? Rick Snyder. Oh, yeah. Was running weird, unconventional shit against James Harden. He'd and put, he got shit for it. I'm like, yeah. no, this is how you beat you. This is how you have to do it. And granted, they didn't beat them because they just out talent, like talent-wise, they just don't stack up to Houston. Yeah. But you need to run some weird funky shit yeah. against Houston because that's what they're running at you. Exactly, exactly. This Love is it. like, that's it. They're Love weird it. and you have to run weird against them. Otherwise, yeah. you'll lose. Absolutely. A traditional team cannot beat them. I agree with you. Straight 100%. up. I agree with you. Um, oh, I love Houston talk. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. All right. I'm excited, man. Did you have any more topics? Uh, not so much topics. There are some things that I did want to touch on, which is a bit of a downer, but I did need to touch on it because they are game changing. Go for it. We'll go over yours and I've got okay. one fun little thing to end on. Okay. Because these aren't fun. So the first one right. I want to touch on, Orlando Magic, looking pretty good. Jonathan Isaac is right. out with an ACL injury. <sighs> that was tough. He was in the news because he didn't kneel during the anthem because he's, because of his religious belief, beliefs. I completely understand That's that. Yeah, you don't yeah. have to kneel. Um, and then he's in the news again because he tore his ACL yep. after already having horrible knee injuries prior and just yep. coming back. And that's really sad to see he had to so get taken off in a wheelchair. Even the sadder thing. So I've watched the game as well because I've been watching a lot of these games. So uh, Magic were up 28 points against the Kings. So it was late in the game. Oh yeah, were, Kings were in the running for the eighth seed as well. well. Forgot yeah, about them. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> well, that's why so, they're there. Jonathan Isaac, if you're, if you're unaware, is coming back from an injury. Yep. He is on a strict 16-minute game restriction. When he got injured with the ACL injury this week, he played 15 minutes. No. One more minute, he would have been out. So that's really depressing on that That's behalf. really rough. And that's got to hit really hard for him. Good I, young kid, a great yeah. player, great defender, great length, had a, has a great future ahead great of him. Hopefully, well. yeah. this doesn't deter him. Because his body will recover, but his brain, that's the, it's the same thing with Derek Rose. Part of it is his brain. Yep. Can he mentally recover from this? My best wishes to him, man. Uh, absolutely. Because absolutely. He, to me, he was the shining light in Orlando. Yeah. And one of the best wing defenders in the league. So yeah, exactly. I really want him to come back, bounce back. The hardest part of recovering from injury is the mental yeah. aspect. So if you're unfamiliar, he's going to be out for the rest of the season. Yeah. ACL probably, is maybe ne- Probably next season there. as well. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. And especially if you're an Orlando fan, like yeah. they're really beat up about it. Yeah, because like you're like, I don't want to make fun, but being an Orlando fan right now, you're not in a good spot. Yeah. So he was just shining like your beacon. It's another another team which I personally love, a yep. player I'm a really big fan of. Jaron Jackson Jr. is out for the remainder of the year. Oh, is he? He has a meniscus tear, meniscus tear in his left oh, knee. Oh, fuck. So he, we were just joking about him last week, jacking up everything. Yeah. Or putting so it this, on the floor. It, yeah, this really hurts Memphis' oh. chance of holding that eight seed as well. Young guy played played pretty well. I love him. Yeah, he's, he's, he's we a, ha- like he's getting better every season. Absolutely, and it's That's just sad because now Memphis big guy with him. a knee injury. Yeah, Minnesota is not not easy to bounce back on. So he's got to take his time with it. I trust that they will because now they've got something great. Yeah. And I just I hope he does well. I hope he bounces back. Absolutely. And it's just it's sad to see that Isaac. Uh, Jonathan Isaac and Jaron Jackson Jr. are now out. Yeah. Um, it's all shortly love. Shortly after Sabonis as well. For yeah. Indiana, so Sabonis is going to be out for who knows how long. Yeah. Definitely. Most likely the rest of this season. We'll yeah. see how his foot heals. So that, that was the last of what I had. I just, I needed to touch on that because though, because Memphis 
are in a really tough spot right now. They needed him. Orlando yeah. was in a tough spot. They needed him. Yeah. So that just hurts those two teams. I'll try and lighten the mood a little bit with my last little tidbit. So as you know, the NBA have allowed players and encouraged players to have a social message on the back of their jersey. Um, and at the start, during scrimmages, it just had the social messages and the number. It didn't have the players' names. Um, and now they've brought in jerseys with the players' names. Yeah. And do you, did you hear? Okay, so for those who don't know, on Denver Nuggets, how powerful is Paul Mills up? And what he had was the word vote. And he's number four. So now in the back of a jersey, it says vote for Millsap. Millsap 2020, let's go. I did see that. It's perfect. We need a veteran presence in the White House and I will vote for Paul Millsap. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah man. He's going to my vote. It's fucking US, perfect. But... Yeah. Do you think he knew? No, he had no idea. Because oh, I don't so think Emmy had planned to have... That's so news. funny. It says vote for Millsap. <laughs> I think... I feel like he's going to change it and not have vote, but that's just funny. Yeah, vote for Millsap. Because it looks like a meme at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked like that one kid that really just wanted to take this as a joke. Yeah. <laughs> Denver are running. Denver Reddit is running with it. We vote for Millsap 2020. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's um, hilarious. I love it. Yeah, I forgot about that. A fun little tidbit to end on. It was the last bit of my notes. It just says vote for Millsap. Vote for Millsap. <laughs> Hell yeah. 2020. Let's go. Um... Uh, I just want to thank our listeners for staying with us through this pod episode. 52 minutes, probably wrap it up here. Um, <clears throat> tell your friends about us. We're on Spotify, we're on Google Pod, we're on Apple Pod, we're on Breaker, we're on Anchor, we're on anywhere Everywhere. you get your podcast. We're yeah, there. The... Um, we have Insta, we have a Facebook, it's at the Low Block Podcast. Um, tell your friends. Um, in a couple of weeks, we'll be giving out a copy of 2K21. Is that coming out that soon? It's coming out like I thought the it came end. out in September. Start of September. We're in October. No. August. August. That's next month. Yeah. Not two weeks. I said a couple weeks. Yeah, we'd still be in August. Oh, whatever. In a few oh, weeks. Month. How about that? Okay. Few in weeks a few helps. weeks. A few weeks helps. Two weeks helps. we're coming out. We'll don't, be doing a giveaway. Don't want to deceive our listeners. Don't want to deceive our listeners. Um, uh, it'll most likely be you got to follow the pod. We'll put a post up. Tag five of your friends, and then we'll put your name. We'll put into a draw, and we'll randomly select yeah, it. We'll, we'll pop out the official rules once it comes. Back. Once it comes out, but make sure you follow the pod for updates. Um, yeah, tell your friends about us. We love doing this pod, but we'd love it even more if more people listened, and we'd love to hear your feedback, good, bad, otherwise. A message send either us, the pod or us personally. Send us hate mail. Send us hate mail. We're the only podcast we'll who will actively it. ask we'll for take hate mail. It. Yeah, right. <laughs> and we'll read it live on the pod. <laughs> Oh, boy, just if you yeah. ask us a question we'll and say you want it read live on the pod, we'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Give you a shout out. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, thank you very much for listening. Have a good week. All right, bye. Love you, bye. Bye.